You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate, a series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. And Karen, you brought the topic to the table this week. So would you like to introduce what we will be discussing today? (laughs) (laughs) I I would love to do that. Um, So I thought it'd be really great to talk about this seasonal uh, affective disorder. And it's really common. It's a lot more common. And I don't think it gets enough attention. And I think that those who are listening, that some of you will relate and Good news, you are not alone. And we we were do that well. And we want to give some tools that we found over some psycho- psychology uh, websites of what do you do if you struggle with uh, SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder. And we found some tips and tricks. And we just would love to talk about it, what it is, what are the symptoms, and what are some things you could do to do self-care, self-compassion, self-love. Mm-hmm. Self goodness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think this is such a good topic for us to talk about right now because we are in the winter months, which is where it seems more people tend to experience sad. We will go into it, but sad can also be felt in the spring and summer months. Um, however, it is more pre- prevalent in the fall and winter months. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I think the timing is great. It is. It Um, is. (laughs) And of course, you know, taking this moment to remind all of you that we're not doctors, we're not psychologists. This isn't meant to be something uh, that you are going to now go and diagnose yourself with sad. If, if you find yourself commiserating with this episode, I would say it's definitely uh, a sign that perhaps it's time to talk to somebody about it talk to a medical professional, but this conversation is just to inform you about what it is and get your wheels turning and see if it's something that you might want to explore in your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and, and uh, before we start talking about what it is, um, the articles that we refer to, uh, like we, the, this, the Mayo Clinic, Psychology Today, it's the um, American Psychological Association. So that's what we're going to get our references from. And uh, we found out that approximately 10 million Americans get diagnosed, are diagnosed with SAD. And uh, what was it? 10 to 20 percent of Americans have a mild case of SAD. Uh, And so we're going to focus only on seasonal affective disorder because we're going to find it is a form of depression, but this is the only one we want to talk about because there's so many forms of depression. So we're going to try to stay on track with this one, but it might trigger you, the listeners, to think about maybe other forms of depression, but for today, it's going to be the seasonal one. Mm -hmm. With that being said, let's hop in. So (laughs) first off, what is SAD? I mean, we did we already named it. It's called seasonal affective disorder. And it is a form of depression. As you just said, Karen, it is a a specific form of depression that happens during seasons. Um, As I mentioned earlier, it is normally, or not normally, I shouldn't say, but it is more often found to be something that is experienced in the fall and winter months, but people can experience it in the spring and summer as well. 
It's essentially a form of depression that's linked specifically to the changes in daylight and how much daylight you're receiving. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more science in there, but from <laughs> what I've read, it sounds like it, it has to do with your circadian rhythm and those changes in daylight, whether that be going into those fall and winter months or spring, summer, will then affect your circadian rhythm, which just eventually leads to other things in your system that yeah. then causes a form of depression. Mm-hmm. Very, very simplified version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I do, I'm, I'm glad you're really touching on the seasonal thing um, because uh, I do have some people that I know in California where it's blue skies and they do, they, it, it affects them in the summertime. So when you hear people, in, even in beautiful places like California saying, you know, I've been diagnosed with SAD and you go, but you don't have any winter there. You don't have clouds there. It's not that it's a seasonal change. It's a seasonal, seasonal shift. And like you were saying, even the, the, the daylight, how much daylight uh, people are experiencing is going to affect. Mm-hmm. Also on the West coast, right going all the way North down to the, uh, to the South, um, there's a strong marine layer cloud. So you have it in San Francisco, San Diego, and that strong marine layer cloud can also just that gloom, that that gray, that can affect, and that comes in seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not all the time. So these are the things that we thought were really interesting while we were reading these articles. Definitely. So now that you, as the audience member, hopefully <laughs> have um, an idea, uh, you know, a, a general overview of what SAD is. And we'll be referring to it as SAD, seasonal sex yes. disorder, to make it easier. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about some of the symptoms, some of the things that might clue you into the fact that perhaps you're experiencing, you know, SAD or the, the winter blues if you're a person that's experiencing them in the winter months. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it is a form of depression. So there's go there's a lot of overlap in symptoms that you would feel um, with SAD and actual depression. But again, we are focusing on SAD today. (laughs) Uh, So just to quickly name off a few, and then we can talk about our thoughts and feelings on them. But uh, feelings of hopelessness and sadness, um, and hypersomnia, or the tendency to oversleep if you're experiencing SAD in the winter months, but then also insomnia, if it's something that you're experiencing in the spring and summer months. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how, depending mm-hmm. on what season you're feeling sad, some of these uh, symptoms will be, what would that word be? Like the inverse of one another? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because even in the appetite, it talks about you have more cravings of uh, food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But in the summer type of sad, you uh, you lose your poor appetite. So you're not, you're having, you're having poor appetite. Right. So that, that, that was interesting too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on that same note with sad in the winter, because often your appetite may increase, you might experience weight gain. And that could also be from lack of activity. And then on the other side of that coin, if it's in the spring, summer months that you're feeling sad, it might actually look like weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so again, interesting how that works. <laughs> the, the one that really, I, I thought, oh, it was so interesting is the one that, that about a heavy feeling in the arms or legs, um, for sad. I thought, oh, wow, that's really specific. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling a really heaviness in your a, a weight, and maybe it's like a, 
you know, like concrete or whatever, like your legs, your arms just feel just heavy, then that is a symptom. Mm-hmm. And this is what's so encouraging is when you start to get the symptoms and they have quite a list. And, you know, if you're listening, you're going, wait, I, I have that. That's hang on a second. And I think putting the puzzle pieces together is what is really cool about this is so knowing what the symptoms are is really valuable. Definitely. I agree. And I'm sure we'll touch on it in a moment, but the frequency of the symptoms. So I'm just going to let that hang in the air for a moment and we'll come back around to it. But (laughs) Uh, so other symptoms uh, drop in energy level. And again, in the summertime or springtime, that could actually look like increased energy levels to the point of agitation or irritability. Mm -hmm. Um, In the wintertime fatigue, for both times, <laughs> uh, difficulty concentrating, or again, that irritability or agitation that I mentioned a moment ago, anxiety, um, feeling more sensitive to things, uh, mm-hmm. you know, feeling more sensitive to like social rejection or just avoiding social social situations altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, a very, again, broad strokes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. of some of the symptoms that can be experienced with SAD. Mm-hmm. I, I did want to ask you a question um, with something when we were talking before the recording. and Is um, the difference between hibernation and SAD, um, that hibernation, you know, and, and I told you this, I, I had this romantic uh, idea of like, Minnesota, you know, where there's lots of snow and it's cold and people are all in the, it's too cold to go outside. And so they, they're around their fireplace eating stew, <laughs> like they're just making puzzles, doing puzzles and wearing their little woolies. And, you know, like I just think, ah, oh. and so that's a form of hibernation where you just kind of, and then you just go to people's houses and you just really don't do tons outside you know, because it's so cold and right. And, and that's pretty normal, but sad, just be curious to hear your thoughts, Brenda, the difference between sad and hiber- just hibernating for the winter months. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think would be a difference? Yeah, a great, great question. Let me think on it for a second here. So for me, um, to touch on what I was saying just a moment ago, the frequency of the symptoms, I think right. I think that would definitely play into it, in my opinion, this difference between like hibernating or a choice to be like cozy and hygge. Is that how they say it? Scandinavian <laughs> higgy? I need Victor. He speaks Swedish. He'll, he'll tell me how to say it. There's a word in the Scandinavian culture that it, we don't have in our culture. And it's like H-Y-G-G-E. And it essentially just means like this feeling of coziness and like hunkering down. And it's like hibernation, what you're describing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, this, I think with hibernating, it's like this choice that you're making. Oh, it's cold out. So I want to, um, you know, be inside today or whatever. And I think with sad, I shouldn't call it a choice, but I think with sad, it's, uh, it's more like it's happening to you and I think it would happen more frequently. So you would feel 
like, oh, I'm just going to stay inside today because going outside seems stressful. Or if you're finding that you just want to stay inside every single day, um, hmm. feel that there's yeah. a difference there. So it's yeah. like, are you frequently having these feelings of always wanting to avoid social situations? Mm-hmm. Or is it, you know, a fleeting thing because today is an especially cold day? Mm-hmm. So I guess that was my first line of thinking. And then my second line of thought is this idea of um, if there's like a layer of anxiety on it or a, mm-hmm. or a layer of wanting to avoid. And that's why you're choosing hibernate. <laughs> You know, I thank you for saying the frequency part, because if you had a one-off day and it's the winter blues and it's a day, sure, there's a day where you're having anxiety, social anxiety, social rejection, uh, sleeping way too much, uh, low physical activity, heaviness in arms. Okay, yeah. But what you're saying is it's the frequency of these symptoms, these, the sadness, the hopelessness, some of the times it's thoughts of suicide. Like why all of a sudden am I, you know, entertain thoughts of suicide? If that is frequently happening, mm-hmm. then it, you, it would be a good idea for you to go to see your doctor and just say, hey, is it possible that this right. is sad? Because what a relief for people listening. What a relief if you are having these things quite often and it's during a certain time of the year what a relief that they have a psychological explanation and, and they can say, Oh, that's called this. And 10 million people have it too. It's really common. Like that's going to take away some shame or some isolation or some that hidden feeling of, of the rejection that, you know, that could possibly happen. So that frequency, I think, I thank you for that's the key word. This is a frequently happening to you. Right. I think that's an important aspect of it, definitely. And, you know, when we were reading as well, I know a few different places that I saw mention that in order to be diagnosed with SAD via your doctor, that you have to have experienced um, these symptoms during the same season for at least two years in a row. And so, again, you have this idea of like frequency, you know, because if you're experiencing it too, let's say it's a winter time sad, it's a winter blues. If you're experiencing that two years in a row, then that's more like frequent behavior. And it seems like it's becoming a pattern. And this is when you would want to talk to your you know, doctor about it. Whereas if it was one year where you experienced it, and then the next year, you're not experiencing it, like, maybe that was just a bad winter. Maybe that was just not for winter, you know, Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean it's indicative of a greater problem. Right. Okay. So we got the symptoms. We've written down the symptoms. (laughs) We got some some of them, not all of them. And um, again, for those listening, if you can identify with them, take it seriously. Like this is about self-care. It's about loving yourself and really having those resources to help you when you feel like you're out of sorts, when you feel like I just, this, I feel like I'm sinking or I, I just feel really lost in this blah thing. Take it seriously. It's, it, it could be sad. So ask your doctor. Okay, then we're gonna do, let's go into symptoms. I'm not symptoms, I mean, um, what do you do? Yeah. What, what do you what do about it? <laughs> That's the part we all really want to know. Isn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't want to take your thunder, Karen, but oh. 
do it. I know that you were saying one of the ones that stood out to you was um, this monitoring yes. your symptoms. And yes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you touch on it, but I wanted to bring up, I think that yes. like, was such a huge takeaway for me. So me I really too. like me too. time on it. Okay, <laughs> do it, do it. Um, but yes, there's this idea that monitoring your symptoms can be a really effective measure um, in first identifying that you might be dealing with SAD, but then actually being able to um, lessen the symptoms. Uh, in my opinion, that in large part just has to do with the fact that once you recognize the symptoms and you're starting to have this log of when you're feeling them and different you know, stimuluses that might contribute to the feelings, I think it allows us to have more compassion for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like I'm a pretty big advocate of if you can understand something, then you can start to heal it or you can yeah. start to, you know, right. Like you have to understand it first and you have mm -hmm. to be able to name it and identify it. So. Yes. And I am with you. I am a big fan of monitoring, like not just on this topic. I think on so many, I, I, I like monitoring. <laughs> I like doing that. And, um, and so you follow the pattern and it, it helps you understand, like you were saying, using your word. So to, to, and in these uh, articles, they strongly suggest because it, it's effective. And what you do is you check in on yourself and just see where you're at. How am I feeling? What am I feeling? What's my body feel like? And you can maybe put a little graph, say, how are my emotions? What are my emotions? What's my body doing? How high is my, my activity level? And um, what's the weather outside? Mm -hmm. And just rate, put 10 out of 10 and go two, four, six, four, two, four. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Something's not right here. And then, oh, the next day, oh, I'm doing great. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Great. Okay. Next day. Oh boy. Like you, I, I've done these kind of monitorings on other topics in my life and they are gold to me. They're such an incredible resource and you just watch the pattern. You could draw a graph, you know, and just put the dots in, you know, or whatever, but you just start seeing the pattern and that's going to help you have wisdom for yourself. So yes. yeah, totally a big fan of monitoring. Yes, me too. Yeah. And I like with SAD specifically, um, as you said, keeping a note of the weather mm. in, in relation to the symptoms that you're feeling. And the reason I think that and again, this is just my opinion, but the reason I think that that particular data point would be so essential to understanding SAD is because, again, this is a seasonal affective disorder and it is directly linked to the amount of sunlight that you're receiving, whether it's a lack of or more sunlight than you're used to. And that is, you know, directly affecting your mood. Um, so I think like, Yes, taking note of the UV index that day or whether or not there was cloud coverage mm -hmm. can give you a lot of information. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I revealed this yet in today's episode, but I've probably talked about it in the past at some point. But I, I am a person that experiences sad. I do experience seasonal affective disorder in the winter time, the winter blues. And 
for me, that particular aspect of taking note of the weather that day and then thinking about how, where my mood was at it, it, and this is just my experience, but for me, it's been so eye-opening because mm-hmm. I can see how literally like if the first few hours of my day is uh, cloudy, I will notice that I am in less of an energized mood that day compared to a day where it starts out really sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can say firsthand mm-hmm. that, that it can help give you some understanding about what you're feeling. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. even on the, the daylight it's natural light. Uh, so if you think of that, you work in an office and you're not by natural light to get up and just go stand in natural light, mm-hmm. regardless of the time of day, regardless of the weather, because it's not necessarily about weather, you know, yes, blue skies and a bright sun is way more effective than an overcast sky. But that feeling of going outside into natural lighting or sitting indoors and just stare outside, look outside and do it. It's worth it if it's going to adjust you and adjust your, your, uh, how you're feeling if you just take a moment and spend time in the natural light. So I thought that was really cool how much they really emphasize the natural light. They said sit by a window or get out for a walk during daylight hours. You could even take up a winter sport to get you outside and keep you moving. Um, and it just says it can, yes, it does, uh, soaking up as much as you can, can lessen your symptoms. So we're not, it's not the solution, but it does lessen the symptoms. It can help. Yes, exactly. I love what you said, Brenda, when you said you look outside, you go, oh yeah, it's cloudy. Oh, right. That's why I'm sad. Like, isn't that amazing? <laughs> oh, oh, right. I just looked outside. It's cloudy and I'm sad. Perfect. There we go. I know what this is. I know what this is, right? Because yeah. we can have a tendency to start spiraling and making something worse than it is when it when you go you know what it's this and I know this about me and I'm okay with this I'm okay with this and it will pass yes it will pass so for me the understanding is I mean more than half the battle really Hmm. because it allows you to change your narrative like you said I think we can it can be easy to let it spiral in our brains um but Hmm. if you have that information you can change the way you view it yeah yeah so more, more solutions, or not solutions, I should say, but more things that could lessen the sad that is being felt, <laughs> um, eating healthy. So you may remember that one of the symptoms that we talked about with winter sad is to go to comfort foods or find that you want to eat more sugars and fats and caloric foods. Um, or in the winter or in the summertime, if you're feeling sad, it could be in the form of having food aversion or not wanting to eat food. So just making sure that you're eating healthily, um, you know, making sure that you're eating all your your food groups. Do people still use the pyramid these days? I don't know. <laughs> but making sure you're getting all of your whole grains and your fruits and vegetables and all of the things that are good for you mm-hmm. would be helpful. Yeah. Um, some ideas, uh, which maybe I, I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now and then segue back in, um, was another thing that we learned um, was planning ahead. So when you monitor yourself for two years, you go to your doctor and the doctor goes, yep, you're right, or whatever the doctor will say. Um, then um, what you do is you're now you know for sure and you can now plan for it. Instead of resisting it, hoping it won't be like that this year, it just 
it's almost like an acceptance. Wow, this is, I'm, you know, compliment to me. I'm very connected to the earth. (laughs) I'm very connected. But it's that thing of going, okay, while I'm not in that seasonal affective disorder, that season, I'm going to prepare for it. What are some things I can do to prepare for it? And eating healthy could be that you freeze up, you start freezing up food, you know, or you you start coming, having fun, maybe playing with your friends to have fun recipe cooking day, something that makes you know I, I need to have this ready so that I'm not I'm not going to just spiral or I'm not going to get that low place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of the healthy foods, you know, sometimes we just need to have something in our mouth so you could have things in the fridge just for that just the pleasure of just eating carrots or celery or whatever, if just to get past that urge to eat the, the food that, you know, you're going to regret later. Right. Yeah. Uh, cut apples you could do and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like what you're saying about planning though. Um, something that I actually am just starting in my own life with one of my friends. And this isn't something we picked up in an article, but I think it's applicable here. Um, And we have talked about this concept in the past as well, but I think finding somebody that you can be accountable with. So my friend and I, we are going to start picking out a recipe every now and then, and then we're going to choose a day and we're not going to cook together or anything, but we're going to choose a day to make the same recipe so that we can then recap with one another and it's just an accountability thing like hey I, I made that dish today hey me too um but I again as somebody that experiences sad uh, <laughs> I definitely do have a tendency to not eat as well in the winter or um go to really like quick fixes and quick meals so something like this for me is really important and mm-hmm. having a friend that I can be accountable with is is helpful to like stick to my own guns you know what else it does too it really promotes activity because mm-hmm. how they're saying like um stay active I'll, I'll go to that one and we'll come back stay active don't stay cooped up in your house all winter get out and enjoy your community this season volunteer join a local club go for a walk go ice skating with your loved ones to to as suggestions also if you know you experience sad year after year be proactive about planning out a schedule in advance of winter to keep active engaged with others research shows exercise and scheduling pleasant activities can be effective ways to lessen the impact of sad so for you like that that's that's an active thing you're doing so you're including your friend you're including community and you're going to be busy in the kitchen and then after you're busy in the kitchen, you're going to talk about what you did. And so you're, that's going to be the endorphins. You know, it, you're doing something that's, that's going to feel the happy part of you, you know. So um, I, I like seeing that as that's something active you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it also is something that I'm doing with a friend. And I know another one friend. of the things is spending time with friends and family. So they talk mm-hmm. about how spending time with friends and family is a really great way to lift your spirits and also avoid some of that social isolation that can be so tempting when you're experiencing sad. Um, it says, you know, snuggle with your kids, your pets, visit with friends while you're enjoying a cup of tea or playing games, but um, talking about it and talking about how the season is affecting you with people that you love and trust can also be uh, a way to lessen the symptoms of sad. So Look at that. I guess I was incorporating all of these things yeah. without knowing it. That's <laughs> so good. The, the last one is um, seek professional help. So we've been saying that yes. quite a bit in this uh, episode because 
it's worth it. Uh, you know, professionals are there because they're experts and they know how to guide us and they know how to navigate these situations with us because they've done all the research. They have all the information you need and they're there to support us. So seek professional help if you continue to struggle with these feelings of depression because it is a form of depression and, and that and that take that seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, so and it's also your research shows that psychotherapy such as cognitive behavioral therapy is an effective treatment for SAD and may have more long-term benefits than light therapy, which is another option is light therapy, uh, daily use of, and also there's also, they may prescribe antidepressant medication or some type of medication that might be something they prescribe. And mm-hmm. for just for the season, you know, they may say, just take this for a couple of weeks and, you know, kind of even out, everything that's going on inside you and then come back to me and let's see how you're doing. That is an option that they may prescribe, but definitely um, there our professional doctors are there to support us and care for us. So reach out to them. Yes, definitely. And my hope is that this conversation is just another, you know, drop in the bucket of us, trying to continue to destigmatize talking about yes. things like this and mm-hmm. seeking help for things like mm-hmm. this. I think like you're saying, Karen, you know, um, like utilize these resource, like the resource that is your doctor, because I think when it comes to this sort of thing, a lot of people don't think to themselves, Oh, I should talk to my doctor about it. We think about that when, you know, our knee hurts or when you're, elbow flares up when it rains. I don't know, but, (laughs) but we don't often, we don't remember, I think on occasion that we can also go to these medical professionals for things like sad. And again, this reminder that, you know, what was it? 10 million people, 10 million people in America, I think specifically it was experienced sad every year. So it's nothing to be ashamed of or, or feel like you should hide. Um, and I guess my final two cents is just that I, I encourage you all to have these conversations with the people around you, whether or not it's something you experience directly. I feel pretty confident saying you probably know somebody that does experience it. Um, and you may not know it. And perhaps this could be a good conversation to have with those around you so we can all continue to feel more comfortable and stigmatize these topics that's great thanks thanks this was good this was good a great way to start our january (laughs) yes a great way to start our podcast so do that well and we're tackling a topic that's not talked about a lot and and so i hope the listeners really felt connected and we so appreciate you all listening and there we go here we go here we go 2023 we're here 2022 <laughs> oh my gosh ahead wow <laughs> pandemic brain 2022 we're here <laughs> thank you all for listening and we'll be back next week bye-bye